I want to talk to you tonight about strong faith. You know, it's really important that we talk about faith. Amen. We're a word of faith church. We're faith people. Uh, the just live by faith. How many think you know everything about faith? The moment you think you know everything about faith, you are mistaken. <laughs> and we need to hear more and more and more about faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. It's not the only way it comes, but it is one of the main ways it comes because we need to hear the word of God. The word of God comes. The word is his, his spoken word to us. It goes into our heart. It builds and encourages and annihilates uh, doubt and unbelief. Aren't you thankful for that? You have to, uh, my first father of faith said, feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. And so that's what we do. And the way we feed our faith is we, one way is we get into the word of God. And that's what we're doing tonight. So how many came expecting you're going to have something that you didn't have when you came in here at 7 o'clock? You're going to walk out with something that you didn't have. It might be something you already knew, but I'm just going to add to what you know. Amen? I'm just going to add to it. So the important thing about faith is we need to understand is there's my part. My part is faith and God's part. God's part is power. How many understand that? God is a powerful God and my part, I don't have any power. I'm powerless without him. I have power because of the Holy Spirit on the inside. But my part is to have faith. And when we mix faith with his power, when we release faith in his word, there is a, a victory for us to be had. Amen? So it's important, and we're going to talk about, I'm going to give you just three basic things. And this is really kind of an inspection of your faith tonight. I want to encourage you with this. This is not a coming against. This is an, a coming up under and lifting you up. This is encouraging you in your faith. So I, I was telling Pastor Steve today, I said, man, God got all over me about what I've been focusing on and what I've been talking about and what I've been looking at. He said, he you remember how I told you how my daughter takes her kids' faces and says, look into my face when she's trying to discipline them or talk to them? She'll take their chin and say, look into my face. I'm talking to you. Listen to me. It was like God did that to me. He said, look into my face. I'm, here, I'm talking to you. Are you hearing me? You are not in faith right now. <laughs> how many have ever had God chastise you that way? You know, the word says that he corrects those who love. So I had two things that came out of that. Okay, I need to change, and at least I'm close enough that he can get to my face. So praise the Lord. He got to my face. And, uh, and I was corrected, and I said, okay, Lord, what do I need to do? And so I started studying on this, and I'm giving you what I got because this is what I needed, and I'm sure you need it too. Because we're living in a fallen world, we're living in the last days, we're living amongst a lot of unbelief, a lot of disbelief, a lot of doubt, a lot of confusion, a lot of people living out of their sense and reasoning, which we've been, we've been delivered from, Ephesians 2 talks about, uh, because we don't live by our senses, our senses, what we see, feel, or hear. We don't live by how we feel, we live by faith. And I was thinking of that phrase, living by faith living the just live by faith. How do I live by faith? Well, faith is something that you believe in, right? We believe in God. Our faith in God is what we live by. How do I live out of that place of being having faith in God? Have you ever thought about it? I mean, we kind of say these phrases, these generic Christianese but how do we actually put this into practice? How do we apply this to our lives? How do I live by faith? Is it just that I say, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, amen? 
do I, my prayers, that counts as my faith? Is it, how am I actually living by faith? Anybody want to give me any clues? First of all, we have to believe, right? The word talks about that we, those, that we believe in him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So first of all, we believe in him. I know this is really simple. I'm trying to make it very basic. But, you know, there's some times that we have to uh, uh, hear more about growing in our faith, inspecting our faith, if you will, because we need to be skillful in the area of faith. We need to learn how to operate out of that place of being in faith. And I would say that probably there's a lot of times that we're, we go back and forth. How many have some doubt and unbelief sometimes? We all do. We're, 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 we're endeavoring to stay in that place of believing God, but things can challenge our faith, right? How many have been challenged in your faith lately? Probably all of us. It's a challenging time in the world, and we're affected by, we're in the world, we're not of it. And so that's why we have to be in the word at all times, so we're not being completely wiped out of our faith. We have to stay steady, steady. There has to be an inspection of our faith. So that's what we're doing tonight. We're inspecting our faith. Are you with me? You ready to inspect your faith? Okay, so we should never grow tired of hearing about faith because we need to grow in skills to operate in faith. So someone who is good at something, like a leader or, or maybe a sports team or, or you, know, you know, Elon Musk, whoever it is that you look to as a leader or somebody that has a lot of skills, they have some fundamentals that they live by. There's some things that they do every day that keeps them on the course of their skillful life, right? There's some fundamental things they do. It's the same goes for us. We're, there are some fundamentals of faith that we have to continue to walk out, to stay steady on. And those fun, fundamentals come through the Word of God. The Word of God is our f fundamental truths. Amen? Are you agreeing with me on that? So success and victory are not automatic. We think that just because we are here in the body of Christ, we are here in our identity is in Christ, that it's just automatic. It's not just automatic. There are a lot of things that we have to keep in line. We have to live by faith. You can't just be tossed back and forth with every wind and every doctrine and, and, and you know, I believe God this day and I don't believe God this day because what does James say? That the man who's double-minded like that receives Nothing of the Lord. He's double-minded. He's going back and forth. And so there's a necessity for us to walk the course, the narrow road, and stay in faith. And how do we do that? We have to guard our heart, right? We have to be careful what we're taking in. We have to be careful what we're focusing on. I would say social media can be a real danger to this because we are being fed so much information, and, you know, I find myself just trying to zip through a lot of it because people start talking, and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. You know, a lot of non-truths, a lot of falsities, a lot of things that even can present themselves to look like God, and then they start talking. If anybody ever says anything about you don't need to, to, to feed your faith, you don't need faith in God, you don't need, I would say, danger get away from them because there is an enemy you have an enemy and he is after your soul and he knows that if he can get to your faith then he has your soul 
You know, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I almost think that it's in that order. He steals things from you. He causes you to waver in your faith. He, he causes you to look at your circumstances all around me. And all these things are happening in my life. And where is God now? There's the stealing. And then he kills and then he destroys your faith. It's like you're wiped out before you know it. Because you focused on all the things that aren't instead of focusing on what is. And when I say what is, I'm talking about with the eyes of faith, in the eyes of the spirit, not what is in front of you, not what your finances might be telling you, not what your body might be telling you, not what your job might be telling you, not what your household might be telling you, not what your neighbor's telling you, not what your government's telling you, not what the political world looks like, not what's going on around us right now, not the war that's taking place. Those things are all there to steal, kill, and destroy. Where is our, where are our eyes set? Our eyes are set on things above not on things of this earth. We set our sights and our affections on things above and not on things of this earth because we are here temporarily. What's that song Petra used to sing? Uh, not, well, yeah, not of this world. I guess that's the title of it. Remember that song? We are, what is it? We are strangers. We are aliens. I can't sing it. Uh, we are not of this world. But if we can be mindful of that all the time and realize this is just a wisp. It's a vapor. This is just a quick passing on. We're going to have a whole life set in front of us eternally. This timing is very short. But our, our affections are set so heavily on it that we, we put all of our hopes and our dreams in what's happening here and now. And if we can just get our sights set on what God has in front of us, if we can get our sights set on the, the, the spiritual walk and the, the spirit, what the spirit is saying to us in this season, what is he telling you right now? Are you listening for him right now? Are you getting up in the morning and saying, Good morning, Holy Spirit. I welcome you to be a part of my life. Thank you for my breath. Thank you for my body's working. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my family, for provision, my house. Thank you. Start your day with thank you. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. We talked about that last week. And, and so if we can do that, then we'll, we'll get our mindset on the right thing from the get-go. And then we start listening for what the Holy Spirit wants to say. So how do I live by faith? Holy Spirit, show me how I can live by faith. Your victory is waiting on your faith to be put in action. There is victory for you to have, but it's on the other side of your faith. And your faith has to be connected to a response out of your mouth. There's got to be something that you're saying about what you're believing for. And on the other side of that, there is victory. Amen? Sometimes it's an act of obedience. Have you ever thought that maybe there is something for you that God has big on the other side of where you are right now, but he's waiting on you to do something different? Maybe he's waiting on you to give. You know, I, I love, I, we have a friend that uh, planted, or he, he wrote a song called, um, oh, what is it? When in need, plant a seed. It's something about living to give. And a lot of times we're thinking, I'm, I, God, where are you in this moment? Where are you? But you know what happens with the seed? I was talking to Braden about this. A seed contains the life of what it has produced from. And so whatever that seed is containing on the inside, if you'll plant it, 
it will grow and it will give you more of what's on the inside of that seed. That's why there's something about when we're, we're uh, sowing, when we're tithing, when we're giving of offerings, when we're giving to others, when we're blessing people uh, with our time, with our resources, whatever it is that God has you do. What it is, is it's an act of faith. It's saying, God, I am dependent on you. I know that you are able to make all grace abound to you. And so he's saying, just act on your faith. Don't hold on to what you have. Act on what I've given you and let me show you what I can do with it. And that's, to me, it's an act of faith to be able to, to give seed to bless people. So your victory is waiting on your faith to be put into action. First John 5, 4, it says, and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. What is the victory? It's our faith. Our faith is what conquers the world. Our faith is what gives us victory. So when we have faith for something, our victory goes into operation. How many have seen this work in your life? We must be skillful in faith. It is our foundation. Uh, I, I like my kids, my boys, they, um, you know, they do roofs and they inspect roofs. Do you still inspect them or you just sell them? You inspect them too. So when you go to inspect a roof, no, you, when you go, well, when you go to inspect, what are you looking for when you're inspecting them though? You're looking for damage. You're looking for anything that might be wrong that is just, it's going to create leaks. The builder put it on wrong. If there's something that's out of whack, there's some things that might be off. And they are able to identify when they inspect that there's something that's amiss. It's the same goes with our faith. It's important that we are building our faith, that our faith has been built correctly, that we're not, we've not been taught wrong about our faith, and that we're um, inspecting it once in a while so that we're able to build upon it and it be a safe foundation for us to expect some things in our life. Amen? If you're not seeing some things in your life that you've been believing God for, I would say inspect your faith foundation. Get back to the fundamentals of faith. And then what are you saying about your life? What are you saying? Are you speaking out of what you're seeing? Are you declaring things out of your circumstances? Are you frustrated? Are you talking about people? Are you complaining? You know, I, 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 um, I think I said this last week, Thanksgiving uh, magnifies God, but complaining magnifies the devil. And so it's important that we're, we're careful with our tongue and that when we're, we're declaring magnification of who God is in our life, of what God can do in our life, what that does is it builds our faith. You don't realize it, but your spirit is hearing what you're saying. You guys know that, right? Your ears, I've heard this, that when someone uh, is passing on, the last thing to go is their hearing. So your hearing uh, is you're hearing things as you're speaking and declaring whether you're walking in faith or whether you're walking in disbelief or unbelief or doubt. Amen. So it's important. We need to inspect our foundation. Inspections tell us uh, that we are free from damage, that we're free from fault, that we're free from worry, we're free from unforgiveness, we're free from fear. There's lots of things that creep in, Right? Y'all with me? Some things creep in and cause damage to our faith. And we need to inspect our faith and find out what it is that might be keeping us. Unforgiveness is huge, huge. You know, the word talks about when you stand praying 
forgive. If you're asking God for something, Mark 11, 23, 24, you're speaking to a mountain, be removed, be not cast into the sea, shall not have doubt in his heart, but believe. And then you've got to stand for, you got to praise forgiving others, asking God to forgive uh, yourself, asking uh, forgiveness for others so that God can forgive you. The word says he can't even forgive you if you've not forgiven others. So if we're expecting our faith to move, our, we're expecting our faith uh, to be in operation, they're coming um, with my kids. If we're expecting our faith to be in operation, we have to be in a place of forgiveness. So I would say inspect your forgiveness level. Amen. Expect your worry level. Expect your fear level. Ex inspect your offense level. If you're offended at someone, if there's something in your life that you're upset about, if someone's done you wrong and you just keep talking about it and can't forgive and you're walking in this place of offense, it's going to hinder the hand of God. It's going to hinder your faith. It doesn't hinder God's hand. It hinders your faith, which is what activates the power that's available to us. Amen? And so, we need to stay away from anything that dismisses the need for faith. That's a, a demonic strategy. Anything that dismisses your uh, um, needing to grow in your faith, that's not God. And that's because the enemy's trying to steal it. We need to guard our faith. And we need to guard our hearing. Jude 1.3 says, and I exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. Earnestly contend. Th think about those two words. Earnestly contend. What does the word earnestly mean to you? It means that we're like desperately seeking after it. it I'm intentionally on purpose uh, uh, with great anticipation, earnestly uh, contending. Contending is like I... I did a little search on that. It means to struggle against an opposition. So that means there's something trying to take it from you. If there's an opposition there, you're having to contend for something. Something's trying to pull it from you. You're contending for it. It says to earnestly contend for the faith. Something is opposing and trying to steal your faith. So Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to God. So we, in order to even please God, we've got to have faith. We've got to be walking this walk of faith to please him. Amen? We don't just float through this life of faith. We don't, we walk, it's a walk of faith, but it's not a float of faith. Amen? It's, we, we got to walk in the spirit, by the spirit, expecting. It's an active. When I think about being uh, walking in the spirit, to me, it's action. It's movement. There's something activated within my heart that I'm expecting something from God. That's why it's important that we're always learning, we're always growing, we're always anticipating. It's an intentional way of living, like we've talked about, ladies. It's an intentional way of life. What are you believing God for? Everyone in this room right now should, be ha should have something that you're believing God for, that you have scripture to stand it up, to back it up with, and that you have a confession of faith every day that you're speaking over it. If you want to see a change in your, uh, your finances, in your children, in your job, whatever it is, what is your confession of faith? Have you found what the Word says about your life? Have you hooked up with what God says about your life? Because if you're not, you're just floating. And there's no anticipation, there's no expectation, and then there's no delivery when you're just floating. This is a place where we, God's made it available to us for us to walk in this. He's made it available for us to activate 
the power that's residing within, the, in, within us, and by the grace and the power of the Holy Ghost, we can, we can release it with our mouths, with our word of God, and expect something to come. So without faith, you can't receive all that God has for you. And he's not pleased when you're doing without. Do you realize God is not pleased when we do without what he's already provided for us? If your faith isn't moving forward, then God is robbed in providing for us. That's why, like I was talking about, that's why I think seed is so important. Because what seed is doing, when I'm planting my finances, I'm moving forward towards something. If I'm holding on to it, I'm saying, God's not able. He's not able to do this. But when I'm releasing it, I'm saying, God, I'm putting my faith out here, and your power is going to make something bigger out of this. Amen? I'm believing for something. What are you saying about it? Hebrews 4 says, it talks about the word preached didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. There's so much preaching going on, so much teaching that's come out of this place. Are we mixing it with faith? Because if we're not mixing it with faith, then we can expect nothing. See, the word is powerful. It's a container. It has spirit and has life. And when you mix your faith with whatever it is that's being presented to you, you can expect a change in your life. Amen? And this is something God's really been on me about. He's like, you're not, you're not expecting enough. You're not, you're not speaking enough. You're not, you're not doing much with what I've given you. I mean, he gets on all of us, right? And so this is something I think we need to be actively involved in with our faith. We need to be expecting. We need to be speaking. We need to be seeding. We need to be, we need to be obeying him in the areas he's told us to obey because that's active faith. If we're just sitting back on our hinds, you know, there's something that uh, we used to teach our choir. Uh, when you're singing, don't just lay back and just be lazy with your singing. No, you need to kind of be on your toes. You need to be on your toes when you're singing. Enunciate your words. Do it purposefully. Watch your pitch. Listen to what you're doing. And when you're exercising these things, then when you get in the presence, then it just flows out of a, a place where you, you're just used to it. You know, a couple weeks ago, um, I had the privilege to help uh, with some worship, and I didn't know these songs, and I was expected to know them, so I just uh, jumped in, and um, uh, the words were in front of me, and I didn't know, I didn't know the melody. I didn't know any of it, but I just picked up a mic, and, and I thought, okay, and I'm looking at the words, and I'm trying to figure out where the melody's going, and you know what happened to me? I, my ear is trained. It just, I, I don't really read music as well. My husband is, you know, accomplished. But I, my ear is trained. And so what I have to do is I have to close my eyes. And I close my eyes, and I could totally, my ear could hear where the melody was going. Because my ear is so trained. I can hear him when he's singing. I can tell where he's going. And so what we have to do is we have to have our ears trained to hear where he's going, what he's saying, where he wants us to go, what he wants us to say, what he wants us to do with our life. There's a training that's taking place. If we're in the presence of the Lord, if we're responding to his presence, if we're obeying, if we're acting in faith and expectancy uh, according to his word. Amen? Is this helping you? Faith ignites the word of God and it releases power. We cannot receive victory without faith. Abraham was a perfect example for us. You all know that he, we are our kinfolk to Abraham, not by bloodline, but by faith line. He 
was a faith man. And you guys know the story. But listen to what the scripture says in Romans 4. It says, because Abraham believed God's word, his faith transferred God's righteousness into his account. How many like it when you have some funds transferred into your account and you didn't do anything about it? It just gets transferred over. That's what happened with Abraham. He All he did was believe. He believed God's word and then his faith transferred God's righteousness into his account. It was accounted to him as, as under righteousness, another translation says. When people work, they earn wages. It can't be considered a free gift because they earned it. But no one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works. But believe, but believe, believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. So you have to act on your faith. Faith without works is dead. With, when I say works, it just means action. You've got to act on your faith. How do I act on my faith when I'm believing God for my physical body to be well? I speak the word. 1 Peter 2.24 says that I was healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. Amen? The word of God says that in uh, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. I have to act on it. I have to obey the word. I have to plant seed. I have to do my part. Then it gives God something to work with. If I don't do it, then I'm withholding my faith from him, and it, has, it gives him nothing. And we end up with holes in our pockets if we don't do it his way. How many have ever found that out? I have. So that's what the scripture means when it says, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our example and father, for in God's presence, he believed that God could raise the dead and called it into being things that don't even exist. He's speaking those things that be not as though they were. He called it in. He called it in. He believed God, and he called it in. Against all odds, against all odds, verse 18 says, when it looked hopeless. How many have ever had a situation that looks hopeless? And, and against all odds, you decided to believe God. Abraham believed the promise, and he expected God to fulfill it. How many have ever been in that place? You believe what God said, and you expect it. He took God at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. You know the story that God said, you'll be the father of many nations. He was, what, 100 years old, and, and Sarah's womb was dead, and she laughed when she heard the promise. How many have ever had your spouse laugh at what you believe in God for? Stay in faith. Stay together. Your descendants will be so many, they will be impossible to count. In spite of being nearly 100 years old when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong, it could not be undermined by the fact that, that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. Can you even imagine? My father-in-law is 90 years old. I can't even imagine thinking, ooh, he's going to have a child. He never stopped believing God's promise. He never stopped. He was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. And I like this in the Amplified. It says, as he gave praise, he grew in faith. That's what the Amplified says. He, he grew in faith as he gave praise to God. He called those things that be not as though they were. As though they were. So faith has a behavior. Faith has a behavior. How does faith act? It's when you're believing for something, when I promised my kids, Hayden was, was probably the worst one to do this, I think. I would promise him something, and if I didn't get it done, he'd say, you said, 
You said I could have this. You said he never let me forget anything. You said, you promised, you said, and that's the way we are to be with God. You said, this is what your word said. You promised, and the word says to remind him of his word. And faith has a voice. Faith is not silent. Faith is not quiet. Faith calls for things. We call those things into existence. We call those things that be not as though they were. Faith calls those things that have not manifested until it does. How many are believing for some things in your life? You need to be calling for it. Stop calling yourself what God has not said you are. How many have ever called yourself stupid? You don't need to raise your hand. You don't have to say anything. I'm just, a stu- you know, I, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm broke, I'm this, I'm that. Is that what God said about you? Is that what his word says? I'm never going to make it. I'm going to have to sell everything. Is that what God says? What does his word say? He shall supply all my needs. My body is healed and whole. Jesus carried the, the cross. He took the stripes on his back so that I could be completely well and whole. Amen. It is not enough for others to call it in for you. We can help you with your faith. We're here to help you. We're a body of Christ to help each other, and we can help call it in. But it's up to you to call in your own miracle. Amen? We can sure help you. And I know Dad Hagen did this one time. He helped somebody. I think it was his sister. She, was, she had a cancer, and he asked God for her healing. She got healed, and about five, laters, five years later, it came back, and she didn't get it. And he asked God, why didn't she get it? He said, because she wrote on your faith the first time. Second time, she knew what to do, and she didn't get it. So you can get something by somebody else's faith, maybe the first time, but then you've got to grow in your own faith and believe God, amen, because you're accountable for what you know. You're accountable for what you know, amen? So what you call for is what you'll get. What have you been calling for? What have you been saying about yourself? What have you been saying over your household, your finances, your body? If you need more of something, it's waiting on your voice. Speak it out. Declare it. Call it in. Abraham didn't attach his feelings to his faith. He didn't attach his feelings to his faith. He attached his faith to God's word. He attached his faith to God's word. Attach your faith to God's word tonight. What do you believe in God for? And call it in. Faith believes because God said it, bottom line. God delights in watching over his word to perform it, and the Holy Spirit is the best performer of all. So the first thing we need to learn, three things. First thing, call things that be not as though they were. Call things that be not as though they were. Are y'all getting this? Everybody's looking at me like, I don't know. (laughs) Call things that be not as though they were. Second thing, believe because God said it. Just because God said it, I believe it, and I will live it. Lester Sumrall, my, my first father of faith, said this. When you walk in the faith realm, you remove yourself from this world. You remove yourself from what the eyes see, the ears hear, and the fingers touch. You place yourself in a whole other world, the world of faith. In that world, you must accept the word of God. If God says it, it's just that way. That's where real faith is. God said it, and that's all I need to know. It's not up to man. Man doesn't decide my final outcome. Man doesn't decide who I am. Man doesn't decide what my reputation is. My reputation is not based on my past. My reputation is based on what God said and who God said I can be and what God has spoken over me. And I will activate my mouth and call in what he has already said that I can have. Amen? If there's something on the inside of your heart, there's a desire, there's a drive, there's something that's been yearning on the inside 
I just want to encourage you, pray in the Spirit. Get that thing bubbling up again and call it in. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for what the world thinks you have to live by. Don't settle for what the economy says you have to be like. Don't settle for what you think your kids have, have decided to be. You pray and believe God, and you remind him of his, God of his word, and you speak those things that be not as though they were, and you call them in in Jesus' name. Amen? The faith life is the best life. He tells us things through his word and through his spirit to us directly. We don't listen to lots of chatter, lots of things people want to say, lots of stuff that's going on. There's craziness going on out there. Psalm 1 says, I shall not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I shall not stand in the way of the sinner. We don't sit under the counsel of the ungodly. The word tells us not to. What is the ungodly counsel? Anything, I don't care if it's Christian, anything that does not line up with the word of God is not godly counsel. And if it's watered down, that's not godly counsel. If it's compromised, that's not godly counsel. If it's the way the world is now, that's not godly counsel. We don't compromise what the word of God says, and we walk the way he's commanded us to walk out of obedience, and sometimes it requires sacrifice. There's the big bad word, sacrifice. Sometimes it requires some things of us sometimes where we have to die to ourselves and lay some things down and walk that path because it may not be comfortable sometimes. But you know what? My reward is in heaven. I may never see it here, but that's okay. When I get up there and he asked me what I did with what he gave me to do, he's not going to say, what did you do with, with belief? He's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you to do? Acting on what I've given you to do. That's why your faith needs an action. Even with what you're believing for, it needs an action. What is he commanded in his word for us to do? I want to obey him to the very finest little detail of my life. Because if I'm not doing everything he's told me to do, then I'm in disobedience. I'm in disobedience. And we've allowed grace to kind of swoop over and say, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, you bet he knows your heart. If you're compromising in an area that he's told you to obey God, you are compromising in a place where he cannot bless you. And the windows of heaven are open and they're going to pour out a blessing when you stay in that place of obedience. When you stay in that place of sacrifice of what you think and obey what God has told you to do. Amen? All right. Jesus redeemed us from figuring it out. Aren't you thankful? He redeemed, there's, I heard everybody go, ah. Oh. <laughs> he redeemed us from trying to have everything worked out perfectly. We don't have to rely, now we don't have to walk around being stupid idiots or dummies. But he gave us the word of God to walk and live by. And we don't have to figure everything out. We can trust and obey. We have a great counselor on the inside of us, the Holy Ghost. He's our great counselor. Too many people are counseling with their bodies. What does my body tell me today? Oh, I'm too tired. I don't think I'll get up. Oh, I don't feel like going to church. Oh, maybe I won't. Maybe I won't give because I don't think I have it anymore. Maybe I won't uh, walk in love because that person made me mad. And I'm holding on to this because I'm right and they're wrong. Maybe I won't do those things. These are areas of disobedience according to the word of God. We, we, we counsel with reasoning. We counsel with our finances, what our finances are telling us. We counsel with social statuses. We counsel with uh, the world financial statuses. We counsel with being like the Joneses. We counsel with all these voices that are in the world. And that is not my counselor. 
I have a great counselor, and the counselor keeps me in line with the Word of God, and that's the only counsel I need. Amen? Now, I know there's times we need to, uh, the Word talks about, there's godly counsel in, in many, and that's depending on who you're going to. We won't go there. That's not what this is about. But And the third thing is, so I gave you, did I give them to you? Second thing is believe in God because he said. The third thing is to have strong faith like you're going to have to counsel with the right counselor. I just said that. So you're, the right kind of faith comes from the right kind of counsel. The right faith comes from the right counsel. If you're sitting amongst somebody who's compromising what the word of God says based on what they think, I would say to you that you're probably sitting under some bad counsel, especially if somebody's not in the word, someone, and I don't care if they know it from their past. Somebody needs to be abiding in the vine. You need to be hearing directly from your throne, <laughs> the throne room of grace, amen? Romans 4.19 says, he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead. He was 100 years old, and when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, he didn't even consider it. I want to say to you tonight, don't consider your circumstances. Don't consider what's going on around you. Obey God. Do what he's told you to do. Stay in that place of faith. It's a narrow way, but it's a place of faith, and you're giving him something to act on when you're stepping out out of that place of unbelief and doubt and fear and trepidation and the things that might be holding you back. I'm telling you, it's holding you back if you don't release it to God and obey what he's telling you to do. There's more to be had. The windows of heaven are open because there's more. It just depends on us. It's not about him holding us, holding back. We keep saying we're waiting on things. I don't care if God told me that I could, I could build a million-dollar bi uh, building and the provision was there. If he told us to do that, we would do it. And I would just say, God, it's coming. If you build it, they will come. Uh, if he told us. He hasn't told us to do that. But I'm going to obey God and do what he tells us to do because I know that he is not a man that he should lie and he, he will act on his word. Amen? So weak faith considers what the wrong voices are saying. What are the wrong voices saying to you? Weak faith considers wrong voices. Strong faith counsels with the great counselor. Are we counseling with the great counselor? Are we hearing his voice? Are we taking time to hear his voice? What are we feeding our faith with? Are we feeding our faith with doubt and unbelief, despair, fear, anxiety, frustrations? Are we feeding on the right thing? Are we feeding on what God's word? And that's, that's where we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the spirit and calling those things. How many of you are going to start calling some things out more? And I mean, just call it out. Your, your spirit needs to hear you calling it out. Uh, you know, I, we, were, we sat under a minister one time, and he's, he's a very successful man, and um, he said, I just say this, money comes to me now. Now, a lot of people don't like that. They frown on that, but I'm going to tell you, it's worked for him. Money comes to me now because now he does all the parts. He obeys God in every area, but he calls it in. He says, God wants me to be blessed. I'm going to say there's nothing wrong with us being blessed as Christians, amen, because if we're not blessed, we can't give away and can't give to other people. So if we're withholding, we can't be a blessing to others. I want to be so blessed I can buy somebody a house, buy somebody a car, buy a church. That's how I want to be, but I, it's not going to happen if I'm withholding, if I'm not saying, all right, God, money cometh to me now. I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to call it in. I'm going to call in the blessings. This, our church needs to have uh, the, the lid taken off when it comes to finances. 
I'm just going to tell you right now, we're withholding from him because we're not believing and trusting in him. We cannot do that. We cannot do that. We've got to be in a place of faith, and we've got to believe what the word says. But we're, we're giving. We're blessed. We're blessed to be a blessing. I want to be so blessed that I can just, we can help our, our uh, city. Our, our heart is to raise up a, uh, a place on Friday, Saturday, so we can have a youth building so we can have, I, I see it all the time in the Liberty Hill thing. There's no place for my young kids to go. There's no place for them to hang out. And my heart is aching. I'm thinking, man, if we had a place where kids could come and we could do a coffee house and they could have an open mic night and, and, and have a place where young people, uh, young adults can come and speak into their lives and help these kids so that we keep them from going off course and we keep them from following after the world. My heart is, is so that we can touch others. It's not just about us. It's about touching the, the world. And he's requiring some things of us to lay some things down and to believe, believe him. Believe him. I believe him. Do you believe him? He is a holy father, and he has done so much for us. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to fret about it because he's made all provision available to us.